hold your Bibles in your hand. Let's make this confession together. I thank you, Father, that your word has the power to change my life. Today, I give heed to it. I allow it to go into my ears, then into my mind, and then into my spirit. I'm a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. I'll never be the same after today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today is Vision Sunday, and I love Vision Sunday because Vision Sunday we get to take maybe a sneak peek at, what, at the past and also a sneak peek at the future of where we're going. And first of all, I want to just remind you of the accomplishments that we had in 2018. You know, the Bible, this is very much a Bible principle to go back and look at your accomplishments. The Israelites when they crossed the wilderness, they would put up stones as a memorial. They would, God, uh, at different places, God would tell them, you need to tell this to your children. Be sure that when you have your children around you, that you share with them this. Tell them what happened here. Uh, even the Passover that Israel celebrates year after year after year is a reflection of what happened in Israel's past that God did want, not want them to forget. And so we as a church also have milestones in our past. And I won't go back all the way back and talk about all of them over the last 1970, 1988 to 30 years. We won't go back 30 years and look at... Uh, 30 years of history, but I want to look at 12 months of history. The biggest, uh, uh, the, the, probably the biggest accomplishment in 2018 was the completion of our upgrade project. That was huge. Um, it was a huge financial accomplishment for this congregation. The uh, the hundreds of thousands, actually over a million dollars this congregation gave toward that project. Now, those of you that are brand new that have only been in this uh, congregation maybe three months, four months, uh, don't know what it was like before. Actually, this time last year, the heat was shut off in the, uh, in the administrative office and we would all come to work and some days it was five degrees. We would come to work and, and uh, work in our coats with our little space heaters because the, all the heat was shut off in the building. Uh, but this building was not recognizable as a church building. Uh, now we got the big cross. Nobody, whenever I tell someone within a five-mile radius that I'm a part of Living Word Family Church, they say, oh, you mean the church with the big cross up on Capitol Boulevard. <laughs> Two years ago... Two years ago, I could tell people across the street that had worked in that shop for a year. I was the pastor of the church across the street, and they would say, what church? <laughs> and so it was a huge accomplishment, the front, uh, the front of the building and the big cross, and then the lobby space here that's been renovated. Uh, that was just outdoor space before, and now we have space to fellowship and our uh, new nursery that's been uh, uh, redone back here. We moved it from this part of the building back there so all of the children's ministry is to, together. 173 of you volunteered in July, August, and September of last year. Once the contractor had done their part, then we did over 1,100 man hours 
that you volunteered to get the project finished so that we could open it. And this building is already having an impact on our community reaching people. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but there's some of you that are new that came to Living Word because you wanted to try the new church in town. Not realizing we've been here since 2000. It's just that our building was unrecognizable. Uh, some other things that happened in 2018, the Dominion by the Word Conference was huge. John Avanzini, Gary Cassie was here, Dennis Burke, Steve Kelly, and Jeffrey Smith, and it was a powerful time in the Word. Our children's ministry has had 74 decisions for Christ in 2018. 31 of those happened on Easter. Our Puerto Rico mission trip, uh, we had... Uh, mission teams go to Puerto Rico and helped rebuild a home for a single mother and her two kids that was destroyed by the hurricane and that was huge. Uh, it went from a pile of rubble to a beautiful beautiful home in that community because of you. Our student ministry 55 decisions in 2018 uh, for students teenagers to come to Christ. Our meetups grew from 16 to 25 groups and uh, we're adding more meetups actually this month. Be sure and go on the website or on your app and check those out. And then lastly, but certainly not leastly, is our movie, The Big Fix. This was a huge success. I didn't, uh, I should have gotten the numbers of how many people saw it on its opening weekend, but I'm so proud of this church and being able to m even make movies. Our movie, Fat Chance, is now on Amazon Prime. And you're going to see more of our movies in media outlets later on. That's the first one to hit, uh, to hit Amazon Prime. But you're going to see some others soon. So that's kind of a recap of, of what happened in 2018 as a church. 2019 is even going to be bigger. It's going to be better. There were some things we didn't get to, to, to do in 2018 that we normally do, uh, especially in the area of outreach. Uh, simply because our building was torn all to pieces and we couldn't, uh, you know, we couldn't get people in. We couldn't, uh, we couldn't get through the parking lot. We bar barely were able to put it together some weekends to have church. Uh, that was a neat thing. That I appreciate our contractor. It was Herod Construction are the ones that, they were our contractors, and they made sure we didn't miss a single Sunday. And that was a big deal because uh, there were things, they, they would have to stop work and put things back together so we could have church, and it slowed down, down a little bit, but I appreciate their heart for the house of God. In 2019, we have a lot to look forward to which we're going to talk about more in depth next Sunday because I want you to have an uh, opportunity to ask questions about uh, the direction of the church in 2019. Today, I want to talk to you about our 2019 transition plan to our next senior pastor. Every successful minute, some of you are going, what, what? Every successful ministry, every successful business, every successful sports team, every successful country has successors. Those of you that own businesses, you need to start thinking now, unless you plan for the business to die with you. Who is going to be your successor? Those of you in ministry, who's going to be your successor? If you're on a team, any type of team, who's going to be your successor? Now, if you golf for a living and once you retire, once you decide to stop golfing, you don't necessarily have to have a successor. But if you've got a sports team like the Panthers, there better be a successor. In fact, 
No, I'll, I'll move on. I'm not. <laughs> One of the things that makes America great is the fact that not just do we have a constitution, but also there's a succession of leaders that keep our nation on track and moving forward. Maybe 20 years from now or 30 years from now, 10 years from now, but there will be someone who follows you. Don't be one of those people. I want to say to you, if you're in business, in ministry, whatever you do, don't be one of those people that waits till the very, very last minute to figure out who's going to follow you and you're scrambling for a successor. Who's going to take the business? Who's going to fulfill my ministry? Who's going to do this? Don't be that person that waits till the last minute. I've, I, I know people in their businesses, they're, they're saying, I don't know, I'm, I'm retiring next year and I don't know who's going to take my business. We've been thinking about this decision for 15 years because we knew this was going to happen. And so rather than scrambling at the, dear God, please, would you have somebody show up? We, we knew this was going to happen and we've been working on this for a long time. Somebody, you need to have somebody that you can pour your life into, someone you can nurture, and someone you can raise up. In the Bible, the Bible's full of succession stories, succession accounts of people who followed great men and women of God. David's successor happened to be his son Solomon. Paul's successor happened to be Timothy in Ephesus. He, Paul took three years establishing that church, but he also took three years establishing a successor. Elijah had Elisha. He found Elisha plowing in the field. Elijah, Elisha hadn't even been to Bible school. He was out plowing the field, and Elisha knew who his successor would be. Jesus Jesus had successors. First of all, Jesus said, I have to leave. If I don't leave, the Holy Spirit's not going to come because the Holy Spirit's my successor. And the Holy Spirit worked through Peter, James, and John, and then through the other apostles to spread the gospel. Uh, Moses had a successor, and that successor was Joshua. Today, I'm announcing that as of April 7th of this year, Pastor Micah Corona will become the senior pastor of Living Word Family Church. Now, if you notice the similarity of name, Steve Corona, Micah Corona, that's not a, the, the, the similarity of names is not a coincidence. He is mine and Connie's son, our oldest son. We have four kids and who are all married. We have nine grandchildren, one and one great-granddaughter, Nilea. So we have a pretty big family. But Micah was not chosen because he was our son. In fact, years ago, we're talking 15 years ago when Connie and I are thinking about this, and I talked with Micah about his future, what he felt like he wanted to do, where he felt like God was leading him, and he told me at the time he was our student ministry pastor. And he said, I'll be a student ministry pastor my whole life. This is what God's called me to. I love people that own their ministry rather than this is a stepping stone for me to get somewhere else. And I loved that response, but in the same token, he wasn't being humble. I could tell by looking in his face, he was very serious. 
I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm committed to this. And so we were praying. We just prayed and said, God, you know, sometime we're not in a hurry. We're starting early, but we are going to have a successor at some point, and we don't want to get caught in the lurch. We want to know who that's going to be. And over a period of two years, three years, God began to work in Micah's heart. But Micah was not chosen because he was my son. He was chosen because he's gifted, talented, a visionary, and because the Holy Spirit orchestrated it. Micah's married to Melissa Sexton Corona, who's also an ordained pastor. His son Josiah is a junior at Franklinton High School. Micah's a graduate of the missions program at Rama Bible Training Center. He's traveled and done mission work. He's traveled, he's done mission work in most of these countries. I know he's traveled to all these countries, Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica, Germany, Italy, Philippines, Singapore, the Caribbean, and some of these countries he's just, he's, he's, he's just backpacked across the country, just flew in and took his backpack and took off. Uh, and he loves people. He came on staff here as a student ministry pastor in uh, 1996. He had three students we wanted to build when Connie and I first came here in 1995. Uh, he came on staff. The, the other elders in the church, actually, uh, he's the only senior staff member that we did not hire. Sim because he was my son, I wanted somebody else to make that call. I didn't want people to think I was just creating jobs for my kids. So uh, I had him come and meet with our elders, and they spent two days with them. And I, I said, I want you to tell me if we should hire him or not, and I'm going to go by whatever you say. And after two days, spending two days with him and Melissa, they came back and said, if we can get him on staff, let's get him. He's really sharp. So he came on staff to start with three students and build a student ministry. Of those three students, two of them graduated, went to college, and one of them quit. And we had zero. So Micah began building a student ministry by going out and playing basketball uh, with kids in the neighborhoods and uh, began to build a student ministry. And he built the student ministry that we then turned over to Pastor Tammy Queen as a student ministry pastor who now uh, is, our, um, is a pastor on staff and uh, Marcus Williams is our student ministry pastor. Micah set the foundation for that. He has been our children's pastor. He's been an executive pastor, and he's been the creative arts pastor and the worship arts pastor. He heads up Living Word Films, which to me is just a, an amazing thing. I, I, when he came to me, he and Paolo Samoas came to me and said, we want to make a movie. See, Micah and I, we have one similarity. We have several similarities, but one of them is we hate cheesy Christian movies we love the churches and the people that make them and we go see them because we want to support them but sometimes I sit and watch Christian movies and I think I would never invite a lost person to see this this is really cheesy and badly done and so we're on a crusade against cheesy Christian movies and so when Mike and Paolo came to me and said we want to make a movie I was really shocked to hear him say that and to see him actually turn out four and now they're working on their fifth uh, movie is really amazing to me. He's a visionary, a preacher, a teacher, and a leader, and he's, he's earned the respect of our leadership teams and our staff. I want to talk briefly just about Moses and Joshua. 
I see a lot of parallels between the relationship of Moses and Joshua and how Micah relates to the ministry. You remember Moses is the guy who led the Israelites across the wilderness for 40 years, 3 million of them, to the promised land to Canaan. The first mention of Joshua in the scriptures is in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16, where Joshua is selected by Moses to lead the Israelite army into battle against the Amalekites. Moses recognized Joshua's leadership ability, even though Joshua had no battle experience and actually learned on the battlefield. The Israelites had been slaves, and so when they went out into the wilderness, they immediately came upon the Amalekites, and Moses said to Joshua, I want you to lead the army. That's pretty amazing, considering Joshua had never led an army. He knew nothing about warfare, but Joshua was willing to do it, and he stepped up and led the army to victory. Micah's like that. Mike has shown a tremendous willingness over the years to lead whatever needs to be led, to champion whatever causes need to be championed, and to learn whatever needs to be learned, often while actually doing it. We have a frequently used phrase between Micah and I. It's called building a plane in the air. Joshua's also mentioned again in Exodus chapter 24, where he accompanies Moses up the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And when Moses came down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments and saw the Israelites sinning, Joshua was right next to Moses when Moses smashed the Ten Commandments in anger. Micah's like that. He has seen me and others make big mistakes, but he's never been critical. Instead, has always been supportive and helpful. I'm sure he went home to Melissa and rolled his eyes. But to us, he's always been supportive and helpful. Joshua guarded the tent of meeting where Moses met face-to-face -face with God. In addition to Joshua's military development, Joshua was exposed to God's direct dealings with Moses. Moses pitched a tent outside the camp of the Israelites, and he would go out there and seek God. And Joshua was Moses' assistant, and he would go out, and he would stand outside the tent where, and hear Moses conversing with God. Joshua saw these dealings, Moses' conversations with God as an opportunity to learn the ways of the Spirit. Micah's like that. He's one of the most curious people I know and he wants to learn from everything. So much of our time together is spent with Micah asking questions. He always wants to know, how did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did we make this decision? Why are we doing this? Why are we not doing that? Every successful person in this room knows that the smartest person in the room is always the person who asks the most questions. And usually, that's Micah. Joshua was chosen by Moses to be one of the 12 spies sent to spy out the land of Canaan. Out of the 12, only Joshua and Caleb returned with a good report. Micah's like that. Mike is a problem solver. If God is in something, if God has directed something, then Micah will pray about it. He will study it until he finds a solution to every obstacle. 
And then when it was Joshua's turn to lead after Moses had led them for 40 years, he took the Israelites right into Canaan, which was the vision from the beginning 40 years earlier. He didn't change course when it was his turn to lead. They didn't get up to Canaan, and then it was his turn to lead, and him, him look around and say, well, I know we've been headed to Canaan for 40 years, but instead of going in there, there's some really good land up to the north. Let's go that way. He stayed with the vision, the original vision. Micah's like that. He is still, after 22 years here, connected to our vision of Acts 2, 41 through 47. He even helped craft our communication of that vision, which says, believe, belong, and become. In asking the Holy Spirit to help us 15 years ago in beginning to process what my successor would look like, I did want someone who was connected to the vision that God gave us. But I did not want someone who was going to maintain the status quo. I did not want a clone. I did not want someone who was going to do everything exactly like me. I wanted someone who could cast a strong vision and could take living word farther, higher, and stronger into its vision for the future. Micah is that man of God. When uh, Micah was five years old, Uh, we were going through a really tough time, uh, Connie and I were, financially. And one night, I was by my bed, kneeling down by my bed, and I was praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in my prayer language. And here came five-year-old Micah, and he came and he, sat, he kneeled down right next to me by the bed, and he started praying in a prayer language. And I thought, how cute. He's sitting down, he's listening to his daddy pray in this odd language, and he's mimicking me and praying in that language. That's really cute. But then I stopped long enough to listen to him, and I realized that the words he was using in this prayer language he had was completely different than mine. And it was a fluent language. He wasn't going da, da, dee, dee, dee. He was praying in the Holy Spirit in this fluent language right next to me. And I just sat there and let him pray, listen to him pray. And after... Uh, minute or two he stopped and he stood up and I said what were you praying for and he said daddy I was praying for money for me and for you I was praying for money see I still remember exactly what he said because the next week in the mail we got a check for a thousand dollars at that time it may as well have been a hundred million dollars a check for a thousand dollars from somebody that if I had made a list of 100 people who would have sent us $1,000, their name wouldn't have even been on the list. And I knew at that point that from that age that there was the anointing and the power of God on his life. As I've told you, we've been planning this transition for years, even before we knew who would take the mantle from us, we've been planning this transition. We knew that this season of ministry would come 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And we couldn't be more excited and more proud that our successor is also our son, even though he was not chosen for that. And it is, and here's, if you don't get anything else I say, I want you to listen to this. It is his time to step up and lead. Amen. I'm in excellent health. I just had... A physical a complete physical last week and the doctor 
His words were, you're as healthy as a horse. I'm in excellent health. I'm not in ill health. There's nothing wrong. Connie and I love this church. We spent 23 years of our life building this church. And so that's the first question people usually ask is, I wonder what's wrong. Oh, there's nothing wrong. It's just that we've prayed through, we believed God, we've heard from the Holy Spirit, and it is Micah's time to step up and lead. So I want you to welcome to the platform. I want you to welcome to the platform Pastor Micah Corona, his wife Melissa, and their son Josiah. Thank you so much. We, uh, we love you guys so very much. And um, I want to just take a few minutes. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and let you guys sit down. Love you both. He could. He could. Well, you guys can be seated. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. I am humbled and excited. And um, Melissa and Josiah and I are incredibly excited about this opportunity. And Melissa and I commit to you to do everything that we can to serve you to the best of our ability in God's strength and his leading and, and his anointing. We've been here for 22 years now. And we are just as in love with Living Word as we were the day that we walked in. We're honored and humbled to stand on the shoulders of our parents, Pastor Steve and Connie, and continue the vision of living word. Our hearts are to lead and to serve in love and in truth, building on that same foundation that we've helped build for the last 22 years. Living word's vision from Acts 2 to create the atmosphere so that God can add to the church daily those that are being saved is incredibly strong in our hearts and we're going to continue to press forward into that vision and so i'd like to take just a few minutes and tell you a little bit about our background and our love of this church and what got us to this point today you see god's been preparing us for this for decades and my parents have been in ministry for as far back as i can remember and so have melissa's she grew up the daughter of a head deacon in their church and her mother worked in uh, Sunday school as well as many other programs of the church even leading the scout the Girl Scouts and uh, my mom also taught Sunday school when we when we were growing up and my dad was a deacon in the in our church growing up and we continually had Bible studies in our home and so when I was in sixth grade they started a church in our living room I've always been a preacher's kid or for most of my life anyway. And my parents dedicated my life to God when I was born, but I dedicated my own life to him when I was 16. And from that point on, I had the heart of an evangelist. I would carry my Bible from class to class just so I could read it when I had a moment. And people noticed, and even partiers would find me 
in, in the study hall or in the library and asked me to pray for them for everything from grades to girlfriends to even when their parents were splitting up. I even had the honor of leading some of them to Christ, even at parties. And so after high school, I felt led to go to Bible school. I knew I was supposed to minister, but I had no idea what God had in store for me. But I knew that I wanted to serve him so that I could make a difference in the lives of people. And so I would witness outside of bars until 2 in the morning on the weekends, leading people to Christ. I had a heart for the, the hurting and the dying and the lost, an evangelist's heart. And eventually I graduated with a missions degree, and two weeks later I married my best friend. Melissa and I had met when I was 13. I invited her to hear a missionary speak at our church, and I was hooked. I pursued her for six years until finally at 19 years old, I married my best friend. So while still pursuing what I was supposed to do, I read a statistic that 80% of the people who make a decision to follow Christ do so under the age of 18. And so I felt the Holy Spirit nudging me that youth ministry would be a good place for an evangelist. And so in June of 96, the elders of Living Word hired me as a part-time youth pastor. Uh, it was one year after my parents had gotten here, and they were the senior pastors. And um, when I came in, it was actually four teenagers. Uh, two were sleeping with each other. One was a drug dealer. And uh, so after they left, Melissa and I established a vision to mentor students to know him and to make him known. It's still our vision statement today in our youth ministry. And new teens began to come, and we poured our hearts into them for the next eight years. They would witness in malls and in their schools and sometimes even to their parents, leading their parents to Christ. And so I also led student worship, and we wrote and recorded music as well as played outside this, the church in, like, the Raleigh Convention Center. You remember that, Laura? And so eventually we had 100 middle, high school, and college students combined coming to our services every week. And uh, it grew into two campuses. We had one here, and we also had a 24-7 in Cary, where we met Robin and Stephanie Jones, two of our elders. And so we are very honored and humbled, even also that some of our students went on to be ministers themselves, including our own pastor, Jamie, and his wife, Jennifer. Even our current youth pastor, Marcus, and his wife, Sonia, were some of our youth leaders back, back then, along with Pastor Tammy was one of our youth leaders back then as well. And so in studying to be a better youth pastor, I found a statistic that 75% of students said that their parents were the greatest influence in their life. And so I immediately felt that nudge again by the Holy Spirit, just asking, so what would be the best way to reach students, their parents? So we began to partner with parents, hosting parent seminars and providing uh, materials to help parents build strong families because we believe that as the family went, so the children go. And so the church continued to grow, and eventually we needed a children's pastor. And Melissa, who has a degree in childhood education and had been in ministry school, was ordained as our children's pastor. It was just another way that we could reach into the families in our church and strengthen them. And so later, she also launched our missions program by taking our first, leading our first missions trip to Thailand. So in 02, Josiah was born. 
and she passed the children's ministry into the capable hands of Heather Lee in order to be a stay-at-home mom and minister to our son at home, making sure that we build our strong family first. And she, but she continued to volunteer in ministry and continued to be pas passionate about just helping out wherever was needed. And so uh, wherever I, she was needed in theater productions or films or wherever she felt led, and she still leads mission trips today. And so my heart for family continued to grow. And after eight years in youth ministry, I moved into adult ministry. I gave 24-7 to Pastor Tammy Queen, who continued our vision to mentor students to, to know him and make him known. And she was there for the next 12 years. And at that point, Pastor Steve needed something over the worship experience. So I became the worship pastor and created the media team, introducing lights and cameras. And also noticed that we need some creative elements. So I began to learn how to edit videos and built a website and eventually a mobile app and developing graphics and social media and eventually surrounding myself with people that are much better than I am, like Kayla. Through the following years, I just filled in wherever was needed, holding roles like the children's pastor, the welcome pastor, the outreach pastor, always surrounding myself, doing my best to uh, surround myself with people that were better at things than I was, including um, Bruce Dial, Jamie Tobler, Jody Mitchell, and most recently, Kendall Honeycutt. Also, along the way, with the help of an army of volunteers, you guys, I had the honor of producing six theater productions and four feature films that share Christ, share his church, and build strong families. It's been a long journey over the last 22 years. And there have been ups and there have been downs, but deep in our heart is the vision of Living Word and the mission to bring beliefs in line with the Word, to help people find where they belong, and to become the disciples that God made them to be. And so in 2019 is going to be an amazing year. We are going to be taking mission trips to two different places. In the summer, we're going to take a mission trip to... Uh, a hurricane, another hurricane relief mission trip to Puerto Rico again. There's still a lot of work there. But in addition to that, we are uh, going to do a Christmas trip to South Africa as well. And so this year, we're also going to continue with our dental clinic and other outreaches. We're going to have Dominion by the Word with speakers like John Avanzini, Steve Kelly, Gary Hash, Fred Fulston, as well as Rick Godwin. And so we're super excited about that. We're also going to be starting track out camps to help minister to families again and to help build strong families. And so for those of you who don't know, here in, in, uh, in Raleigh or Wake Forest, we have year-round schools. And so what they, they have three weeks off and nine weeks on and three weeks off and there's four tracks. And for those three weeks off, parents need a place for their children to be while they work. And so we want to provide a place for their children that builds self-esteem and confidence in children and, and, and uh, middle schoolers by teaching them what the Word of God says about them and who they are. And so that launches in February. You've already heard about this, and, and you'll hear more about it later today. So this year, Living Word Family Studios also is going to do a project. We're not sure exactly what we're going to do yet. It'll either be a feature film, and we're also toying with the idea, no commitments yet, about a tweener sitcom that we could double as curriculum in our children's ministry. 
And so we would write the, the actual script along with Pastor Jody who would write the curriculum and introduce it in our children's ministry, but then also have a sitcom for, for young middle school age kids as well. So we're toying with all of those ideas right now. But in the end, um, it is our heart to continue the vision of Living Word and to pursue what God has been doing and just, just to build upon that. 2019 is going to be an amazing year. I'm excited about everything that God has in store here. And Melissa and I are extremely excited about serving you as your senior pastors. God bless you. We love you very, very much. Amen. Pastor. Next Sunday, we're going to answer questions from the congregation. I know you've got uh, a bunch of questions. And so on the screen is the address of where we want you to send the questions, lwfc.org forward slash questions. And you'll have a form you can fill out there and you can ask your questions. And then next Sunday, we're going to be sitting up here with uh, 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 somebody who's, who's going to ask the questions. Okay. So Tammy Queen's going to ask the questions, and uh, we're going to sit up here and answer your questions. I, I can anticipate what some of the questions are already, but we're going to give you an opportunity to ask those, and we'll be up there, and we'll answer as many as, as we can. You know, if we, get, if we get 200 questions, we can't answer all of them, but we'll put them all together, and the questions that we have the most of, those are the ones we're going to answer. Sound good? Everybody stand up with me, please. This transition will be completed on April the 7th. On April the 7th, at that Sunday morning service, we will officially transfer the senior pastorship of the ministry to Pastor Micah Corona. Until then, I am still the senior pastor. Uh, I want to ask really quickly if you guys would come up on the platform one more time. Connie, would you come up here? And I want to just take this moment for us to stretch out our hands and pray. Here's what I want to pray for. I want us to pray for a smooth transition. Is that okay? Can we pray for that? Uh, just a really smooth transition. Um, moving into the will and the plan of God. Everything that grows changes. You know, I know some people that just really don't like change and they run from change and they spend their whole lives running or they spend their life in something dead because everything that grows changes. Look at your hand. Aren't you glad that your hand is not the same size that it was when you were five? Because everything that grows changes. And so change is good. This change is really, really good. And we're super, Connie and I are super, super excited. So step up here, step up here. Won't you stretch out your hands toward Connie and I, as well as Micah and Melissa. Oh, I was supposed to give that to you, wasn't I? Here, I am messing up the protocol. Just stretch out your hands. And those of you that have your prayer language, would you? if you don't have your prayer language, don't be intimidated. Just relax. Those of you that have your prayer language, would you just, just quietly pray in the Holy Spirit for us? Thank you, Father. We just thank you, Father.
Father, we thank you for your anointing and your power and your calling on this church. We thank you for Acts 2, 41 through 47. We thank you for Believe, Belong, Become. We thank you for the leaders and the elders and the staff and the team leaders and the department heads. We thank you for all the kids. We thank you for all the financial contributors, for everyone who's a part of this church. And God, now as we begin to move into this next season of Living Word, we thank you that as your word prophesies, the greater will be. Our future will be greater than our past. That's what I meant to say. Your future, our future, your future as a church, our future as a church, our future as leaders, our future as contributors, our future as members of the body of Christ will be greater, stronger, brighter, more prosperous than the former years. And we thank you for your anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. We thank you for that anointing being on Micah and on Melissa, even on their family, even on Josiah. We thank you that being the pastor, senior pastor's family carries the anointing and the protection and the power of God. And now we speak your divine protection over Micah and Melissa and over this church. We speak your prosperity, your healing, and we say that living word is destined and begins to move into even bigger and greater and more powerful things than we've seen in the past. In Jesus' name. Who agrees with that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Let's go ahead and worship some more.